0: Chapter 9 of Old Fashioned Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, p- please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Sorensen. Old Fashioned Fairy Tales by Juliana Horatia Gaudy Ewing. Chapter 9 The Widows and the Strangers. In days of yore, there were once two poor old widows who lived in the same hamlet under the same roof, but though the cottages joined and one roof covered them, they had each a separate dwelling, and although they were alike in age and circumstances, yet in other respects they were very different. For one dame was covetous, though she had little to save, and the other was liberal, though she had little to give. Now on the rising ground opposite to the widow's cottages stood a monastery, where a few pious and charitable brethren spent their time in prayer, labor, and good works. And with the alms of these monks, and the kindness of neighbors, and because their wants were few, the old women dwelt in comfort, and had daily bread, and lay warm at night. One evening, when the covetous old widow was having supper, there came a knock at her door. Before she opened it, she hastily put away the remains of her meal, for said she it is a stormy night and ten to one some belated vagabond wants shelter and when there are victuals on the table every fool must be asked to sup but when she opened the door a monk came in who had his cow pulled over his head to shelter him from the storm the widow was much disconcerted at having kept one of the brotherhood waiting and loudly apologized but the monk stopped her saying i fear i cut short your evening meal my daughter now in the name of ill-luck how came he to guess that thought the widow as with anxious civility she pressed the monk to take some supper after his walk for the good woman always felt hospitably inclined towards any one who was likely to return her kindness sevenfold the brother however refused to sup and as he seated himself the widow looked sharply through her spectacles to see if she could gather from any distension of the folds of his frock whether a loaf a bottle of cordial or a new winter's cloak were most likely to crown the visit no undue protuberance being visible about the monk's person she turned her eyes to his face and found that her visitor was one of the brotherhood whom she had not seen before and not only was his face unfamiliar it was utterly unlike the kindly but rough countenances of her charitable patrons none that she had ever seen boasted the noble beauty the chiselled and refined features of the monk before her and she could not but notice that although only one rushlight illumined her room and though the monk's cowl went far to shade him even from that yet his face was lit up as if by light from within so that his clear skin seemed almost transparent. In short, her curiosity must have been great, greatly stirred, and had not greed made her more anxious to learn what he had brought than who he was. "'It's a terrible night,' quoth the monk at length. "'Such tempest without only gives point to the indoor comforts of the wealthy, but it chills the very morrow of the poor and destitute.' Ay, hey, indeed!' sniffed the widow, with a shiver. "'If it were not for the charity of good Christians, "'what would poor folk do for comfort on such an evening as this?' "'It was that very thought, my daughter,' said the monk, "'with a sudden earnestness on his shining face, "'that brought me forth even now through the storm to your cottage.' "'Heaven reward you!' cried the widow fervently. "'Heaven does reward the charitable,' replied the monk." to no truth do the scriptures bear such constant and unbroken witness even as it is written he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the lord and look what he layeth out it shall be paid him again what a blessed thing it must be to be able to do good sighed the widow piously wishing in her heart that the holy man would not delay to earn his recompense my daughter said the monk that blessing is not withheld from you it is to ask your help for those in greater need than yourself that i come to-night and forthwith the good brother began to tell how two strangers had sought shelter at the monastery their house had been struck by lightning and burnt with all it contained and they themselves aged poor and friendless were exposed to the fury of the storm our house is a poor one continued the monk the stranger's lodging-room was already full and we are quite without the means of making these poor souls comfortable you at least have a sound roof over your head and if you can spare one or two things for the night they shall be restored to you to-morrow when some of our guests depart the widow could hardly conceal her vexation and disappointment now dear heart holy father cried she is there not a rich body in the place that you come for charity to a poor old widow like me that in a case rather to borrow myself than to lend to others can you spare us a blanket said the monk these poor strangers have been out in the storm remember the widow started what meddling busybody told him that the baronesses gave me a new blanket at michaelmas thought she but at last very unwillingly she went to an inner room to fetch a blanket from her bed they shan't have the new one that's flat muttered the widow and she drew out the old one and began to fold it but thought she had made much of its thinness and insufficiency to the baronesses she was so powerfully affected at parting with it that all its good qualities came strongly to her mind it's a very suitable size she said to herself and easy for my poor old arms to shake or fold with careful usage it would last for years yet but who knows how two wandering bodies that have been trampling miles through the storm may kick about in their sleep and who knows if they're decent folk at all likely enough they're two hedge birds who have imposed a pitiful tell on the good fathers and never slept under anything finer than a shock of straw in their lives the more the good woman thought of this, the more sure she felt that such was the case, and the less willing she became to lend her blanket to a couple of good-for-nothing tramps. A sudden idea decided her. Ten to one, they bring fever with them, she cried, and dear knows I saw enough good bedding burnt after the black fever three years ago. It would be a sin and a shame to burn a good blanket like this. And repeating, a sin and a shame, with great force, the widow restored the blanket to its place. The coverlet's not worth much, she thought, but my goodman bought it in the year after we were married, and if anything happened to it, I should never forgive myself. The old shawl is good enough for tramps, saying which she took a ragged old shawl from a peg and began to fold it up. But even as she brushed and folded, she begrudged the faded rag. It saves my better one on a bad day, she sighed, but I suppose the father must have something. And accordingly she took it to the monk, saying, It's not so good as it has been, but there's warmth in it, and it cost a pretty penny when new. And this is all that you can spare to the poor, houseless strangers? asked the monk. Ay, indeed, good father, said she. "'and that will cost me many a twinge of rheumatics. "'Folk at my age can't lie cold at night for nothing. "'These poor strangers,' said the monk, "'are as aged as yourself and have lost everything.' "'But as all he said had no effect "'in moving the widow's compassion, "'he departed and knocked at the door of her neighbor. "'Here he told the same tale, "'which met with a very different hearing. "'This widow was one of those liberal souls whose possessions always make them feel uneasy unless they are being accepted or used or borrowed by someone else. She blessed herself that, thanks to the baronesses, she had a new blanket fit to lend to the king himself and only desired to know with what else she could serve the poor strangers and requite the charities of the brotherhood. The monk confessed that all the slender stock of household goods in the monastery was in use and one after another he accepted the loan of almost everything the widow had as she began the things he put them out through the door saying that he had a messenger outside and having promised that all should be duly restored on the morrow he departed leaving the widow with little else than an old chair in which she was to pass the night when the monk had gone the storm raged with greater fury than before and at last one terrible flash of lightning struck the widow's house and though it had not hurt the old women it set fire to the roof and both cottages were soon ablaze now as the terrified old creatures hobbled out into the storm they met the monk who crying come to the monastery seized an arm of each and hurried them up the hill to such good purpose did he help them that they seemed to fly and arrive at the convent gate they hardly knew how Utter as shed by the wall were the goods and chattels of the liberal widow take back thine own daughter said the monks thy charity hath brought its own reward but the stranger's good father said the perplexed widow ye are the strangers answered the monk. monk and what thy pity thought meet to be spared for the unfortunate heaven in thy misfortune hath spared thee. Then turning to the other widow, he drew the old shawl from beneath his frock, and gave it to her, saying, I give you joy, dame, that this hath escaped the flames. It is not so good as it has been, but there is warmth in it, and it cost a pretty penny when new. Full of confusion, the illiberal widow took back her shawl, murmuring, Lack a day, if I had but known it was ourselves the good father meant. The monk gave a shrewd smile. A, A, it would have been different, I doubt not, said he, but accept the lesson, my daughter, and when next thou art called upon to help the unfortunate, think that it is thine own needs that would be served, and it may be thou shalt judge better as to what thou canst spare as he spoke a flash of lightning lit up the ground where the monk stood making a vast aureole about him in the darkness of the night in the bright light his countenance appeared stern and awful in its beauty and when the flash was past, the monk had vanished also furthermore when the widow sought shelter in the monastery they found that the brotherhood knew nothing of their strange visitor End of chapter 9, The Widows and the Strangers.